This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the governor's request for a law implementing the federal e-verify system for all new hires has run into some trouble. There's also trouble at the FSU Med School after they were slapped with a warning letter from the group responsible for the accreditation of medical schools in the U.S. and Canada. The dean of the FSU College of Medicine says they hope to have things straightened out before the team returns in the spring. Budget wonks in the Capitol say a new proposal to cut the state sales tax on commercial rentals by 10% will cost the state more than $800 million over the next five years. The state fire marshal issues a holiday safety warning in a most unusual way, setting a Christmas tree on fire. Jimmy Petronas has a long list of do's and don'ts for your holiday. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events, and you'll hear from the Florida woman who told a 911 dispatcher she had no intention of stopping for two deputies because they had guns, and she didn't want to get shot. Spoiler alert, they shot her. And now, the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, December 16th. Mick Jagger and the Stones were right. You can't always get what you want. Case in point, E-Verify. Governor Ron DeSantis wants the legislature to pass a new law forcing private employers to run the names of all new hires through the Homeland Security database to make sure they're in this country legally. I think the best way to um, help deter illegal immigration um, is to pursue E-Verify. So we are going to be doing that. Um, and I think that that will end up saving taxpayers uh, money. And, and obviously, um, it'll be a deterrent for people to come, come illegally. The governor wants it. The president wants it. But big business and agriculture rely on undocumented workers to harvest all that fresh from Florida produce, to do the grunt work at construction sites and to clean all those hotel rooms. Six weeks ago, Senate President Bill Galvano dropped a hint that that proposal would face a tough reception in the upper chamber. E-Verify, as you accurately point out, is a, a difficult issue for the legislature. I, I can make arguments on both sides of, of uh, requiring the uh, E-Verification. It has been referred to committee. We have uh, uh, a couple of, of well-heeled sponsors that have put forth the the bill, and I expect that there will be a, a robust debate, but uh, the case is going to have to be made before it passes, and it's not guaranteed. Now he's gone even further. Galvano telling the News Service of Florida E-Verify is something the Senate does not endorse, at least not while he's in charge. Galvano says he cannot support E-Verify because it puts an additional responsibility on non-government officials. But he did leave the door open for a pared-down version of the law. Let's just call that E-Verify light. Trouble for the medical school at Florida State University. Christine Sexton with News Service of Florida reports that a liaison committee on medical education, or LCME panel, visited the school earlier this year and concluded FSU has failed to meet their standards. The LCME is responsible for the accreditation of educational programs leading to medical doctor degrees in the U.S. and Canada. If those problems are not corrected within one or two years, it could compromise the ability of the FSU school to conduct an educational program. Now, the group did not disclose any specifics about where the schools failed to meet its standards, but College of Medicine Dean John Fogarty says one area where the university fell short was the interaction of students with hospital residents. Fogarty says FSU med students are working with board-certified physicians in doctor's offices about 90% of the time. Oops, that should have been 100%. Fogarty dismissed some of the other criticisms in the report as picky, but he says the College of Medicine is working to ensure that it addresses the site team's concerns before it returns for another visit in the spring. Fogarty says the site visit back in April was very unpleasant because the accreditation team did not seem to understand them or the basic model of the FSU Medical School. 
A proposal to reduce the Florida sales tax on commercial rentals could cost the state treasury something in the neighborhood of $200 million a year. The state imposes a 5.7% tax on commercial rents and leases. That number drops to 5.5% in January. Now, the latest proposal is to drop that rate down to an even 5%, which would in effect be a 10% tax cut for anyone asked to pay it. If state lawmakers approve that change, Florida's Revenue Estimating Impact Conference says the reduction will cost the state $829 million over the next five years. Next up, a warning from the state fire marshal about a potentially deadly item inside your home. It's green, it's covered with wires, and can go up in a ball of flames if you're not careful. This is Sunrise from Florida Politics. We all know that guy who says he knew Trump was going to win long before election night. Had he known about Predict It, he could have put his money where his mouth was and made a little extra cash in the process. Predict It is like the stock market for politics. You can buy and sell shares in future events and elections, both foreign and domestic. During the 2018 midterms, Predict It beat other national pollsters like Nate Silver in election night predictions, and it wasn't even close. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Sunrise listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. With Christmas a little more than a week away, it's time to remind you about the danger of having a live tree inside your home. Chief Financial Officer Jimmy Patronis also serves as the state fire marshal. So once a year, he torches a bomb for TV cameras to make a point about fire safety. Then, with the assistance of the Tallahassee Fire Department, they ignited a Christmas tree by simulating an electrical short circuit, and it took less than a minute to turn a symbol of joy and happiness into a ball of fire. Artificial trees may seem safer, but Cassiusinko, the chief of fire prevention in the state fire marshal's office, says they can still burn. Well, I don't know that we would really we could really say that one is safer than the other. They're they're both they both can be safe as long as you make sure that you're keeping that you keep in mind these safety tips. Um, live trees, you have to make sure that you water them. You have to make sure that they have um, that the lights are appropriate lights, that you're not leaving them on all the time, and that you don't have candles, that you're not putting any live fire next to them. Um, and they can be just as beautiful um, and just as safe. Artificial trees, you know, you're going to have a little bit less risk. You're not going to have to remember to water them, but you still don't want to leave your artificial trees plugged in all night long. Right. Make sure that, you know, you're, you're keeping, you're staying safe with those as well. And speaking of Christmas lights, this might be a good time to go through your collection and get rid of the old ones. Petronas says they're far more dangerous than the lights you can buy now, and the prices for LEDs get lower every year. The great thing about them is they continue every year. I mean, I remember when LED lights first came out and, you know, string them was 15, 18 bucks. Now you, you can price them at, you know, three and four and five ninety nine. So as the technology uh, comes down in price, you know, they almost get disposable. And if, if you've ever seen mine, they're like a big wad of, of, you know, yarn. It's kind of hard to use them from year to year anyway. So, you know, at least erring on the side of caution and, um, you know, if you can make the, the commitment to buy new ones and put them up fresh, you're better off. So the family heirloom 1940s, C9s, <laughs> knob and tube wiring things, those are out? I mean, those things would discolor the paint, they'd get so hot. I mean, we used to have, especially the ones, the, the, the ones that were the little plastic candles and they had the bulbs on them. I mean, by, the, by year two, year three, you could see where those candles are actually, plastic candles are actually melted. You know what I'm talking about. But in, but in answering your question, um, Make sure you lay the lights out before you put them up. Mm -hmm. Check them if they're frayed or if there's any damage. And if there is, do not use them. Just, you know, take them out of service and, and discard them. But make sure you just inspect them really well before you put them up. Tallahassee Deputy Fire Chief Richard Jones says this is also a good time to get your electrical cords under control. 
I think something else also to consider too is we talk about lights and decorations, having the proper power strips, do not overload mm -hmm. things. These are yes. all things that, you know, it's the holiday time. We want to get all these decorations up and have everything looking, you know, shiny and bright, but you need to be smart. And that's what we're here today to, to let people know, don't overload circuits, have the right cords that you need. Look into all those things. Just make smart decisions and think about things. That That's all we want. If you have pets, Patrona says you need to take additional precautions to protect the tree. We got a, a shelter cat uh, early this year named Lexi, and the cat has been an indoor cat. My wife has been paranoid about letting the cat stay in the house because the fear of when we're gone, the cat getting into the tree because the dog, we've got a shelter dog chasing the cat all around the house, and the cat's already been in the tree once. I mean, so, I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, you have uh, pets, and pets don't uh, necessarily heat instructions the way you'd want them to. And when all the presents are open and the Christmas wrapping has been cleared up, you still have to deal with the tree. Patronus and Cinco say a dead Christmas tree is even more dangerous than a live one. So get it away from your house. Typically, you know, we look forward to putting in a fire pit in our backyard and, and disposing of it in a very safe manner. Uh, but still, I think anytime somebody's setting a fire in their backyard, it's not safe, period. Uh, you know, there's not there's no need to have unnecessary calls, but uh, there's uh, there's ways you can dispose of them. Uh, I know some of the different uh, groups outreach will have uh, you know amnesty days. Uh, I don't know if, if uh, Leon County or, or the city of Tallahassee does it, but but putting out the side of the road also you know they'll be picked up. Certainly you want to make sure that you are not storing it once you're done with your Christmas tree and you've taken it down. You don't want to store it inside your garage. You don't want to store it right next to your house. You mm -hmm. want to make sure that it is away from your house so that anything that happens to catch fire, it's not going to be right there at your house. If you're going to keep it up past the holidays, continue to water the tree. Don't forget about it just because it's after Christmas. Follow these simple tips from the pros and you can keep your Christmas tree from becoming a Tannenbaum of terror, which sounds like a really bad movie on Netflix. Your calendar of events today includes the Economic Estimating Conference that starts at 8.30 in the Knott Building. They'll be analyzing interest rates used in the state appropriations process. That's followed at 9 o'clock by a discussion of state economic issues. Staff members for U.S. Senator Marco Rubio are holding mobile office hours at 10 in the Madison County Courthouse Annex and in Hamilton County at 2.30 at the Jasper Public Library. Attorney General Ashley Moody will lead a meeting of the Statewide Council of Human Trafficking. That's in West Palm Beach at 1 p.m. Trustees from the University of Central Florida Board will be meeting at 3 on the UCF campus. State Representative Randy Fine is hosting a holiday party for constituents at his district office in Palm Bay. And the South Florida Water Management District is holding a forum about public recreational issues within the district starting at 5 p.m. in West Palm Beach. And finally today, an update on Florida Man, who is sometimes a woman who doesn't trust the cops not to shoot. Turns out she was right. A Florida woman called 911 during a high-speed chase through St. John's County and told the dispatcher she would not stop for deputies who were after her. 42-year-old Mary Ruth Mayfield was clocked at 110 miles per hour during the pursuit that began because she'd actually been driving too slow. 911, hey, I'm being followed by two officers. I need, an, I need a sergeant or somebody in charge. I'm not pulling over for these officers. They're coming to my car. If they threaten me, it's going to be a bad day. Why is it going to be a bad day? Because they should not have stopped me. I was going 20 miles an hour. Okay, can you pull over? These guys are following me. They have guns and they have cars. Okay, they're pulling you over because it's, it's a traffic infraction. I wasn't speeding. I know because you're driving too slow. Can you pull over? 
I was going slow so they wouldn't pull me over, and now they're pulling me over because they're going slow? Okay. This is ridiculous. I wasn't breaking the law. Okay, they're not going to shoot you. Can you I pull over? They shoot innocent people every day. People shoot innocent people. Then I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not getting I'm not getting arrested, and I'm not getting harassed, and I'm not getting touched. If one of these guys touches me, I'm going to sue the shit out of you. Deputies ended up shooting Mayfield with a taser after she stopped at her destination. She's charged with fleeing from law enforcement and reckless driving. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. Our thanks to the News Service of Florida and News 4 in Jacksonville for posting that 911 audio on their website. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.